and welcome back to What Is Life, Dude? See episode six. We don't say the seasons because that's not a thing. Episode six. Hi, Sarah. Hello. I'm Eric. That is Sarah. <laughs> we are the co-founders of What Is, what is Life? What Is Life, Dude? LLC, which is not a real thing. How are you today? I'm I'm doing pretty well, actually. Are you? I think it's because I went to therapy yesterday and uh, I cried it all out. And now I feel lighter. Do you want to talk about it in excruciating detail Not on the podcast? Not really. I'm, Why? I've been saving that for my my therapy. For your therapy? Sorry, my podcast that I'm oh. going to be starting. I mean, I can I can touch on it. Do you actually want to go there? Yeah. Or were you joking? <laughs> let's, let, let's go there. Oh, okay. Well. Right now. Hmm. I've been dealing with some family things some 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 feelings being stirred up because a, a family member is ill a relative not a not in my nuclear fam not my nuclear family um, <laughs> nuclear. not in my nuclear family but a relative uh is ill and in hospice care currently and it's been stirring up a lot of emotions for me and um i thought that all those would come out in therapy and we did talk about it but type of therapy therapy that I do is called focusing and um, it deals a lot with uh, kind of tapping into your body's wisdom so your body you ask kind of a question a leading question and the body gives you answers whether it's a, a sensation or like a vision like something visual um, or like quite often I get random memories oftentimes memories that I haven't touched in like I was going to say decades, but Kinda. like over a decade or like, you know, since I was really small and a memory will come back and we'll explore that and kind of tap into uh, the feelings of like little Sarah in that memory. Because I think the theory behind this is it's like inner child work. Are you familiar with that? I mean, only through you. Right. I um, Yeah. The idea being that traumatic things happen when you're a child and kind of to survive that experience you kind of fragment off from your soul or you can think about it less uh spiritually if you want to but trauma is essentially kind of a uh, part of your psyche is freezing at that developmental stage and you kind of go back and excavate those memories many of which have been repressed and look at them and and reframe everything so that you can bring that version of you into the future. Yeah. Right. So the family stuff didn't come up in my focusing, but I, now I forget what did. Quite often I for, I just <laughs> kind of like forget the day by the day after therapy, all of the memories are, I don't know, I just feel better. What happened is you learned what your destiny in the world is. Yeah. I solved all my problems. Well, I mean, that's what you were telling me about, right? That you figured out what you want to do with your life. Kind of. Oh, somewhat. I don't want to get into that. Let's not get into <laughs> That'll be a cliffhanger. But that leads us into what this episode is about. How deep do you want to go into How the conversation? What do you mean? How much uh, personal information do you want to delve into? Um, like, I don't know. I'm pretty open about most things. Okay. That don't involve like specific people. Right. I can like skirt around that, you know? Skirt, skirt. Well, last week we prefaced this episode by saying this is the episode before Sarah goes to ayahuasca in Costa Rica. Yeah, I'm leaving in two days. It's very scary. Fewer than two days. Scary for me. 
to be without you. <laughs> really? Yeah, this episode's about me and <laughs> what's going to happen to me while you're doing ayahuasca in Costa Rica. Well, I'd love to know. <laughs> what happens to Apparently, me? Apparently, he and Melvin are just going to eat pizza the whole time and Melvin's going to sleep on my side of the bed. That <laughs> sounds accurate. <laughs> I would go burgers and fries. Burgers and fries. Burgers. You have a full week. You can do both. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't I singing a song about burgers and fries? A few weeks ago, yes. we went to Five Guys. Yes. What was it? Remind me. I don't remember. Was I just saying burgers and fries in place of the regular lyrics in yes. normal songs? Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I think it specifically was a John Mayer song that you started You started it with. I was getting kind of used to eating burgers and fries. Ooh, la well, my you, God. You sang that so high. Yeah, I don't know why I went for that, <laughs> that uh, key there, but I did. All right. So can I kind of interview you you're gonna interview me i'm gonna interview you. i'm just gonna i want to ask you questions oh, okay but we can have uh, you been sitting on these questions no i just i just wrote some they're oh. they're simple questions you're really uh springing this on me but go I for am. it well okay they're so vague like the first question is why why are you doing it? why am i doing it because i'm a sad girl <laughs> i've been a sad girl my entire life i've had depression and anxiety for literally as long as I can remember like when I think back to my earliest memories like four or five I remember having these dark existential thoughts and that has not changed and much of it is under control these days um but you know I would just I've explored a lot of conventional treatment options i've taken lots of different medications ssris things for well there was a a time there when i was being medicated for bipolar which was not my correct diagnosis but tried lots of things and um yeah i think this that's what ayahuasca is for it's not a recreational well for those who don't know ayahuasca is it's a psychedelic i don't really like to call it a drug I refer to it as a medicine. I think it should be regarded as such. And it's, it's been not, used as a medicine. Right. It's it's a spiritual... It's used in spiritual rituals in Central and Southern... Southern America. South America. Southern America is like Central, Alabama. Yeah. Those Alabamans. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's said to help you kind of release trauma. So that's what I'm hoping to get out what of it. What does it do? What does it do? Okay, so ayahuasca is a brew made by, well, there's two main ingredients, two different um, plant ingredients. Water and LSD. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and a little bit of Kool-Aid in there for flavor. Jolly Rancher. (laughs) Wait, are you going to do lean in in Costa Rica? Yes. Wow. Um, You and all the Atlanta rappers. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What was I saying? I'm sorry. I interrupted with my funny. Two plants. Yep. One of which contains DMT. Which, which you just looked up and you know what it means which now. Which the body naturally produces in very small amounts, but it gets metabolized very quickly in the gut and I believe in the liver. I'm not sure. So that's why when people do like manufacture DMT recreationally, they're, they are, they're only high for like 10 minutes, right? Yeah, it gets metabolized very quickly. They, they say that this is, this is um, what the brain naturally releases when you die, like before you die. That kind of like step in, step into the light, right? Kind of vision. DMT is what makes you dream, right? At night. I'm not sure. Okay, I was under the impression that it is. 
I haven't heard that, but really, it, uh, it's possible. Okay, keep talking. I'm going to look it up. Um, and then the other ingredient, main ingredient, is something that prevents your body from metabolizing it quickly. So it stays in your system for quite a while. Typically, you do multiple ceremonies, like night after night. I'm going to do four unless something goes terribly wrong. <laughs> um, and you'll, you'll start with a very conservative dose is what I've heard, at least the place where I'm going. And um, you have the option of taking additional drinks if you feel safe and you want to go deeper. So, yeah. So, I, I might be wrong, but... The scientists have investigated the effects of one of the most powerful psychedelic substances known to man, and they found <clears throat> that it induces a state in the human brain akin to a vivid waking dream. Hmm. Okay, so yeah, so both of those, both of those things are found naturally in the mm-hmm. plant that's in the brewed. Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's okay. brewed for hours and hours and hours, and it's this dark kind of like sludgy you concoction. Take, like, one shot of it. Yeah. It's like a shot glass yeah. or a little bigger than a shot glass. Right. And these ceremonies are always guided by shaman. Um, I mean, ideally. Unless you go to <laughs> Alabama to so, do it. Yeah. And each brew is a little bit different. Like the shaman has their own proprietary brew. And sometimes they add other things to it that um, bring up. It just changes your trip, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've been doing, I haven't done any other kind of psychedelic or really any other substances. And uh, so this is my first first ro- first rodeo. But <laughs> Yeehaw, baby. I've I've just heard ayahuasca described as a very like a maternal, like divine feminine kind of uh force. Like ayahuasca, they kind of personify it. They call it madre, don't mm-hmm. they? Uh yeah. And I've I've heard it's like a very dreamlike kind of psychedelic state. But you're aware, you are aware that you are hallucinating, I think, in most cases, unless you go really deep. Um, well, it's interesting. We've talked about how we've both had negative experiences getting too high, mm-hmm. like on just normal weed. <laughs> normal weed. And I had this conversation a few years ago with my friend who I went to high school with who was telling me he's like total hippie psychedelic kind of dude. Wait, who? Uh, his name's Steve. Oh. He recorded vocals on, uh, on Iceberg mm-hmm. on that first album. Um, it was actually during that recording session in my dad's house. We were talking about this. We were talking about psychedelic drugs and he was telling me about why he likes shrooms and why I would like shrooms because of my existential thoughts. Right. He said, like, you can have a bad trip on shrooms. Yeah. Just like anything else, but it it doesn't linger with you. Right. Right? Like when it's over, this is his experience. Mm-hmm. When it's over, you're kind of like, oh, I took shrooms. It was bad. I thought these terrible things, but I was on shrooms and now I'm sober and I'm yeah. fine. But And he actually said, he's like, well, when you smoke weed and you get too high and you freak out, it lingers with you forever. forever. Which yeah. is what's happened to you and I. Yeah. Sometimes I smell weed and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Is yeah. anything real? Right. Like we we bought weed a few weeks ago. We we're like, all right, let's just try a little to see how we live we- in Colorado. Oh yeah, yeah. We live in a legal state. Yeah. Uh I haven't always though, and I'm okay <laughs> with that. Um mustache hair in my mouth. So even just like taking one little puff, I still like felt a little anxious just being like, Oh, this is what it tasted and smelled like when mm-hmm. I got too high. Right. It's freaky. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, apparently weed, even though it's it's legal and it's natural, apparently it's one of those drugs that will just, your bad experiences will linger. Right. Forever. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Well, my experience, my bad experience with weed in college, a pot brownie specifically, mm-hmm. which we talked about on a previous episode of the podcast, which is now gone. Right. And I'm wondering if we should re-release a, like a select few of the episodes that we are actually kind of like proud of. But maybe that's another topic for discussion later. Yeah. Um, but but my experience with weed is why I have not had any interest in trying out any other psychedelics in, in the time since, even though there are actually a fair number of studies, like clinically controlled studies, showing that psychedelics can really help with depression, anxiety, PTSD, substance abuse, and all of that. So... This is the first thing that I've been called to do. Because it's natural and spiritual, and that's up your alley, right? I guess. I, I, don't, I don't so much care about the natural aspect, but I don't know. I think it's mostly just the kinds of stories I've heard from people who tried ayahuasca mm-hmm. and how transformative it's been for them. That's what kind of swayed me. Right. Whereas like, a lot of people just do like LSD and shrooms for to have fun, like to have a, f- a cool day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ayahuasca has this reputation of being not like a cure-all. Yeah, not at all. But people think, I think because so many people have positive experiences mm-hmm. and come out with these revelations. Right. That it's, mis- it's, mis- it's misinterpreted and misunderstood as a cure-all. Right. And I think people go and do it mm-hmm. and they freak out and they have a bad time because they're not prepared for so the reason it's a quote-unquote cure-all the reason it supposedly helps you so much is because it puts you through the ringer every night you do it mm. and it brings up all these terrible thoughts and memories sometimes i mean s- s- people do have like pleasant euphoric like joyful like like loving. all four nights like from from what i've heard you just have no fucking clue what you're going to get on any given yeah. night. And the quality of your experience can change like so quickly. Mm-hmm. Even within one trip, you can have like an, like a, an ego death yeah. and then you can experience like unconditional love. Right. That just feels completely otherworldly. Mm. Yeah. So, but the negative experiences that people have, mm-hmm. people don't always realize that in order to break through sometimes you have to wade through all the shit and trauma that's happening or has happened in your brain Mm. to break through to the other side. So they go and do it and they're ill prepared. Yeah. It's definitely not something to be taken lightly. And, and this is, I think this one's a little, I don't know. You definitely want to do your research. You want to do your research with any psychedelics, but this one, you, quite often are purging like you're vomiting or you have some diarrhea there's other kinds of purges you go through too like a lot of people yawn a lot hmm. they uh some some people like laugh hysterically some people sob hysterically but the purgative aspect of it is expected and it's kind of like from what i've heard like it feels like um like even if you're throwing up you literally feel like you're being emptied of something toxic that you were carrying with you yeah and then like the next day you're supposed to feel like super glowy and like loving whereas Mm -hmm. that's uh, that's not the case with 
everything. <laughs> well, it's interesting. The first night, so you mentioned you, I think you mentioned that you're doing it, you do it for four nights, mm. four ceremonies in a row. Here, where I'm going. Some people yeah. do it up to eight. I don't know. Eight? Yeah. It That's seems a little so intense. Yeah. Well, I'm curious what's going to happen. Like the first night is going to be a totally new, unique experience. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to come out the other side of it and you're going to be like, okay, I know what that was. It was either good or bad or somewhere in the middle. Right. And you're like, okay, now I'm going to go do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what? And it's going to be completely different because each night is a different shaman or set, like a set of shamans and and their energy like th they guide the ceremony they they direct the energy and also another thing about ayahuasca ceremonies is they're communal there's lots of different people they're doing them with you and you like people have the experience experience of processing other people's stuff too like people will say that they saw visions of someone like someone else's memories and the next day they'll be like hey this is what i saw and the other person will be like oh i was processing like the other end of that huh. so it's really interesting yeah so especially if you're empathic i hear it's like super intense because like already i'm the kind of person who i think i think i just realized this recently too like i can't always tell the difference between my emotions and other people's emotions um like sometimes I'll just see all like past strangers, like in a grocery store or like a restaurant. And for some reason, I'll just feel like immense sadness. And I, I just know that it's connected to them for some reason. I just, I can't, I don't know. It's a weird thing that happens to me. Um, and so I hear that's like even amplified on this experience because everyone's just in this other dimension and right. together and, but it's like if you're processing something for someone else, you under, you have this understanding. And a lot of psychedelics do this from what I hear, that, that you are connected. So that whatever work gets done for either one of you is getting done for the other. Mm -hmm. mm. All right, I'm going to ask you more questions. But first, I'm going to take a little pause. Okay, so what are the main things you want to learn what are the main things that I want to learn? Like, is there anything specific you're looking right. for to happen or to see mm -hmm. or to process or to purge? Okay. There's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, I myself, I've I've been seeing therapists on and off for so long. And um, I've, I'm very aware of pretty much all of my wounds, you know, what needs to be healed. And I've been doing as much as possible there. And... I think for me, for one, and I've said this to you, I would love for the medicine to show me what it feels like to be happy because like I truly honestly don't, I can't remember a period of time where I've ever been able to, to sustain that for like more than like several hours. So I would like that. <laughs> Does anyone though? I think so. Like the feeling of happiness is so, it's just so vague, vague. and fleeting. Uh, those are exactly the words I would use to describe. But I, when I say happy, maybe what I, do, what I mean maybe is just a feeling of being okay. Mm -hmm. That things will be okay. Content. That's some, even less, maybe I'm asking even less than contentment. Maybe I just want to not feel like I don't know if I'm going to survive. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's a feeling that is, has stuck with me my entire life. Like, every couple of hours of every single day, I'll have this thought where I'm like, can I keep doing this? And it's not like a like a deep suicidal thought. It's just like this existential, like, what is the point? Like, how how can I keep living, like, feeling this way? It makes no sense. I don't know. I don't fully know where that comes from mm-hmm. or when it started. In therapy, I've tried to remember, like, if there was a period of my childhood when, like, I was just, like, a happy, joyful kid, but I don't really, rem- I don't remember that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I see little kids, like, you're, what are they technically? Your cousin's children. They're my second cousins, yeah. Yeah, and they're just so, like, happy and, like, playful and I just know that when I was that age, I was already terrified of everything. So I'd like to just, like, what does it feel like to be okay? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you feel when you do have moments of happiness? Like, albeit How do short. I feel? <laughs> like, do you, do you consider this in that moment? The interesting thing about me is um, happiness turns to nostalgia immediately for me Mm -hmm. like i'll have a happy experience and immediately it'll get logged as something that happened in the past and i even find myself like finding it hard to be present during happy moments like i think like i told you when i visited here the first time like while it was happening i was already feeling sad that i i was gonna leave and like i found myself like at moments like closing my eyes and like feeling like there has to be some way to like make time move more slowly. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's just like something about my brain that doesn't let me like immerse myself in, in like positive emotions. I mean, I think a lot of people probably feel like that. Like I can't, I have, I want to start taking, um, taking inventory, I guess of when I, that's not the right word, but yeah. You know, just to kind of remind myself. Right. Like 12.42 p.m. Felt mm-hmm. happy because of this. Yeah. Right? Because, <laughs> like, I went to work yesterday for nine hours, and I can't say that I was happy about it, but I, it's not like I w- was miserable the entire time, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And I want to keep track of the things that make me feel happy. Right. But see, that's, that's what I mean is if I did that, when I... Th- I think nostalgia is a complex emotion and it's different for everyone because some people look back on like sweet memories and it makes them happy. When I look back on happy memories, it makes me sad. That they're gone. Because I feel like I was a different person then. Yeah. And I'm and that person is not accessible to me anymore. Isn't there that famous quote, uh, don't cry because it's mm-hmm. over, smile because it happened? Yeah. So That's I want to know how to do that. The opposite of- <laughs> Tell me how to do that. Um, I can't, but <laughs> I want to, I, I do want to try a, a happiness journal, right? which is a great name for this episode. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Thought you were going to say something during that pause. I didn't have anything I'll to say. I it out. I was too busy feeling sad. W- about what? The exact thought that I just the, shared. Ev- the everything about it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember when we were in San Diego, 
the second time we met when we met there. Mm. Like the the first three days we were so happy. And then the last four days we were miserable because we knew it was coming to an end. And it literally happened in the middle of the trip. Yeah. Like not... Yeah, it's not, not like healthy. Right <laughs> and I, I'm aware of that. And I... It's hard. It's hard to be aware of, of a like um, a dysfunctional thought pattern you have to be aware of it, but not fully aware of how to change it. Yeah. Because you could like if you just listen to that that adage, like smile because it happened. Then I'm like, okay, well, I'll just be happy. I'll just be ha- how like impossible. What does so? I mean, something I've been trying to do lately is acting as if. I think we talked about this an episode or two back, but. Like something, and I've told you about this, like I think back to like when we met and like when our relationship was new and how much that experience kind of catapulted me into a new life and it made me a new person because I had to overcome all of these limiting beliefs about what I could do and like who I could be with, like that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had to do that if I had stayed where I was. Like, I'd never traveled anywhere on my own. Like, I went and met a stranger. I moved I moved here alone, like, just my car. I got rid of all my stuff. And that just never would have happened. Like, and so I, I think back on that time, and it's, like, a happy time. But now I, I feel like, um, I don't know, I just have always felt, like, so fragmented from past versions of me and I miss past versions of me and it, it's it's weird it's like like I miss them like they're different people outside of me but you only miss them in certain aspects I guess right because you're better in a lot of ways right now yeah you know yeah but I was I was to go back to what what brought up this thought out the acting as if so when when I've been feeling sad about that, I've been asking, like, how would I act if I were that person? How would I act if I was a person who was falling in love for the first time? Like, how would I act? You know, like, even if you take that example, you're going to act differently than you are in, in like, a couple-year comfortable relationship. You're mm-hmm. going to, like, do you know what I mean? There's just so much... There's so many things that contribute to the experience of starting a relationship other than the other person. It's like it's more about who it makes you because you're always putting your best foot forward and you're not being petty and you're not like annoyed by things that they do and you're more willing to be kind to them and like do little favors and thoughtful things for them. And like what if so I asked myself like what if I were that person? Do you know what I mean? Are you saying I annoy you now? Everyone annoys everyone. You don't annoy me. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. I know I do. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I get it. I mean, we're never it's it's it is impossible to recreate that. Yeah. That feeling. And that's that's the thing about me is that in the past, it, when I couldn't get back to that feeling, I'd say, "Okay, I'm done with this experience, on to the next new thing," cuz I wanted that like hit of novelty again. So like if I weren't aware of this pattern, like maybe I'd be like, oh, I don't feel like elated and empowered and like the same person. We should break up and I should go start a new relationship and move somewhere else. And like, 
-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with seeking out novelty and new experiences. And I think if I chose to do that, there'd still be a lot to learn. But the difference is like, I'm acknowledging that it won't always, it won't bring me lasting happiness, which in the past I thought it would. Right. So like that asking, acting as if is the closest thing I can get to like, like kind of being in the moment and not being sad about things that I miss. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're a very interesting lady. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I love you. Yeah. Um, can I ask you another, another question? Yeah. Is this fine? Yeah. You're doing all the talking. Is that okay? Yeah. I'm sure the listeners <laughs> like it. Yeah. Because you're more, um, you have a nicer voice and you're more extinguished, <laughs> as they say. I I hate when you say that. Do you? <laughs> I do this thing where I use the wrong word on purpose to make people laugh. And sometimes people don't know that I'm joking and they think I'm stupid. <laughs> so there was extinguished instead of distinguished and i've done it before and i'll do it again okay so i want to know what you're excited about and what you're scared of oh juxtaposed oh i, I kind of know you know, know what i'm scared about i'm my worst fear in the entire world is not being able to breathe if i'm ever in a situation where it's hard for me to breathe i start to panic mm-hmm. like that's what panic attack feels like to me is inability to breathe in deeply um so I guess I'm like a little claustrophobic too. Or anytime I'm in like a confined area and it's like a little muggy or something, you know? Humid. Like I f- kind of freak out. Um, so I'm mostly afraid of the physical symptoms. Uh, there's nothing like emotional I'm I'm scared to confront at all. Mm. Like I... You feel like you've already done that. I'm sure there will be really challenging things to deal with, but I mean, I... That doesn't scare me. Well, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with therapy, like I feel like people go into doing ayahuasca, like heal me, fix all my problems. And they, they haven't done any self work. So they have all these, their relationship with their dad, their, their high school romantic relationship, like literally anything that mm-hmm. they haven't processed, unpacked yeah. or yeah, or processed that like all hits them. And then they're like, that was terrible. Ayahuasca sucks. I had a terrible experience. And it's like, well, you have to kind of, you should really be prepared a little for what can come up, right? So like, you know, all of the things you've talked about in therapy or just thought about on your own or talked about with me Mm. that may very well come up, right? The relationships that you've struggled with or anything. Yeah. So at least you're prepared for that. Somewhat. When it comes to not being able to breathe though, just remember, I know this is not, this isn't going to help you because that's not how panicking works. Mm. You can't just you can't isolate the rational part of your brain and listen to it, yeah. which is why it's a panic attack and it's scary. But I'm still going to tell you, remember that the drug's not going to make you not be able to breathe and your body will just naturally keep breathing <laughs> and you'll come out the other side. <laughs> uh, I came out as a poop. Was that the joke? Yeah. Come out uh, very yeah. mature. Gonna have a mature conversation on this podcast right. and you're making duty jokes. <laughs> and that is why I love you. <laughs> so is that is that the only thing I don't want to harp on negative things, but is that the only thing you're scared about? Yeah, the physical experience is really mm-hmm. the only thing. What are you excited about? To learn, to see what the hell happens? Yeah. Yeah. I 
I think I've, I'm assuming I'm going to have some crazy dark experiences, but I think I just think it would be so funny if I had a full a full night of just being happy and like dancing around by a fire or something. Yeah. Because it's so out of character for me. Like I'm just not, I don't, I've never felt like a particularly joyful, like spontaneous person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. So you were saying, you were saying that some nights people don't have, they just sleep through it. Yeah. Right. It's called nada. It's called a nada experience. Right. right. Um, and you said that means that the drug is healing. What is it? Your lineage. Right. So trauma that's happened in past generations and has rippled through to present day, like all of those dysfunctional patterns you see your family <laughs> exhibit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the drug is healing. So I told Sarah, without disclosing too much information about her personal life on the podcast, but the person that Sarah referred to earlier in the episode that is having medical struggles, Hmm. um, they are a source of trauma and negativity in Sarah's life and the family's life. Is this okay? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm trying not to push it, but so... I told Sarah one of those nights she might have a nada where she just sleeps and then she's going to wake up and there's this ancestral healing is going to have happened in the background while she was asleep and she's going to wake up and the next time she's going to look at her phone, she's going to get a text from a family member and say, this family member has passed away. And Sarah's going to be like, holy shit, that lined up with what happened during my trip and it makes total sense. I think it's very possible that I confront this person. In my trip. Yeah. In the spirit realm. I hope Um, you do. Yeah. I hope so too. Yeah. That's going to be some intense shit. (laughs) I'm just so, I'm so curious. Sarah keeps saying to me, okay, are you going to come do it? If I like it, are you going to come next year and do it with me? (laughs) And I'm like, yes, because between now and then I will have gone to therapy. Yeah. For the entire time in between now and then. Mm. Because I'm not, I don't want to go do it and. Not have any. Not that not there's prep. right. Not that there's mm, no benefit to doing that if you do genuinely feel called. But I do think it's very useful to have that scaffolding. I don't feel called. I feel terrified. Exactly. Just yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. So you always follow your intuition with any of these things. But they do say that the medicine doesn't give you anything more than you can handle. Right. Mm. Well, because it's all coming from you, right? Yeah. It's just sparking what's already in your brain. Right. It's like when you dream, people are like, that dream didn't mean anything. And you're like, well, it's coming from my brain. So it, (laughs) it probably did. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, And I'm also just terrified of not being in control. I'm I'm just thinking about. You are in control for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what the experts say. Mm. I mean, still. Yeah. Yeah. These are things I struggle with. Right. All right. What else? What else is on your mind? I know there's more. Um, you don't have any more questions? No. I guess, I guess another thing that I would love for the medicine to show me, because this is a maternal spirit, is like, is that like maternal love? Because I, I have an okay relationship with my mom, but I think just because of our cultural different, I don't know, the culture, 
She's Filipino. My grandparents are from the Philippines. It's not really um, like a warm and fuzzy kind of environment, family environment. You're not really encouraged to be friends with your children. You're supposed to just like have authority over them. And my mom and I are so different. I've always identified more with my dad as a very empathic and emotional person and, and a creative person. And my mom is such a, how would you describe her even? So which side of the brain is like very like logical and she's a Virgo, she's a multiple Virgo placements in her chart. She's so logical and like cool. I believe that's a left brain. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it, I would just love to know like what it feels like to be cared for in that like deeply maternal way, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Was that it? Was that the end of the thought? Yeah. You took a breath in. Like I mean, I never gonna... I never know when the thought's going to end, but right. I just stopped there and nothing else came to my mind. That makes it very difficult for me. Right. I'm like, I'm looking at your eyes like, okay, she's not done. She's, oh, okay, she stopped. <laughs> now I got to say something. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom stuff. I always get thrown off when we have little side things like that. I think that just comes with podcasting uh-huh. experience. Right. Right. Like jumping right back into it. Or like I always say, maybe the podcasts I listen to are just edited way more than I think. They might be. Right? Yeah. They've got to be. Mm-hmm. Just cutting all this garbage they gotta out. Be. Hey, they got to be. <laughs> Do you think you're going to interact with your dad at all? I don't know. Do you want to? I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. It's so hard to know. There's so much stuff. Listeners, it, my dad passed away in 2016. So that's, that's where that question comes from. Mm. Um. Maybe this is why people do it for eight nights. Yeah, because there's right? so much. And they can celebrate Hanukkah while they do it. <laughs> right. I've never sounded more like a New York Jew than when I just said Hanukkah. <laughs> Hanukkah. I'm going to replay that. Hanukkah, Hanukkah, Hanukkah. <laughs> um, yeah, Hanukkah minus the delicious fried foods. Because mm. I uh, can't eat anything fried or anything processed, anything with salt, sugar, alcohol, caffeine. Even though... You have. I made a small exception <laughs> a couple times. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I made a small exception every day, <laughs> multiple times, the entire day. We went out to dinner with my grandma and grandpa who mm-hmm. live out here in Colorado, my dad's parents. We saw them and we went to an Asian restaurant. My grandmother got a sashimi plate and it came with a fish body, an entire fish and its face <laughs> just mounted on the plate. It was like this crazy decorative thing. There was like a little blue light on there. It was it was weird. It was it, propped up on a cucumber with a stick. It was so weird. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's cool. But I took a picture for my family. I was like, oh, grandma, pose with... And I turned the plate so the fish was facing me. And I snapped a photo. And then I started eating. And I was like, can we turn the plate back around? I can't look into this dead fish's eyes as I eat. It's, it was... It wasn't good. Yeah, it felt, <laughs> felt wrong. Maybe you'll see the dead fish at some point. Um, doubtful. Well, I'm excited for you to get back. Oh, wait, wait. We brought that up because <clears throat> we went out to dinner with them and I ate oh, right. tofu with soy sauce on it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, delicious. Sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> I thought Buddha's, you got a Buddha's feast and I thought Buddha's yeah. feast was just steamed tofu and veggies. It can and be. And steamed rice and sauce on the side. I, I'm sure I could have asked for it on the side, but then it would have been worse. 
That's true, but it would have been healthy as shit. <sighs> yeah. I needed a break. I mean, what? So it, the less you follow the diet, the more likely you are to vom. I don't know if that's even true. Yeah. I think it really just varies. Yeah. But I, the idea behind the ayahuasca diet is that you're clearing out all of this unnatural stuff so that the medicine, the medicine has a more direct pathway. So it doesn't have to clean out your body and your soul. It just has to clean out your soul and minimally your body. Which is the soul is the, uh, the hard work yeah. for everyone involved. Right. I'm so excited for you. It's finally happening. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Are you, ex- well, are you excited about where you're staying? Like you've heard it's nice. Oh, and, I'm very scared. That's yeah. actually the scariest part is not the ceremony anymore. I was terrified of the ceremony and like the closer I get to it and the more research I do, the more safe I feel. And I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, it's the entire, uh, the thing that would excite normal people, like staying in a nice resort and getting a massage and. Wait, do you like, get free? Are you going to get like a free massage? Yeah, I think so. Hell yeah. I think there's like this package. Um, you get a massage. You can do colon hydrotherapy, which I haven't decided if I'm going to do. Wow. Um, like there's other stuff. All of that stuff gives me anxiety. We talked about massages giving us anxiety, right? Or giving me anxiety in the last episode. <laughs> Maybe. Because. We talked about it with someone recently. Did we? Yes. Who? I think it might have been on, on the, the podcast. podcast. Massages give me anxiety. I don't like people touching me. Well, you're getting a massage in two and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, we're, we're banking episodes. <laughs> so this is, I know last week we talked about getting massages. They still haven't happened yet. We're still here podcasting. Yeah. But it's good. I mean, I, I read that because obviously, well, not obviously because listeners, you don't really, you might not know me that well, but I'm like a serial researcher. I don't look up like Frosted Flakes and stuff. I'm a serial, <laughs> with an S, serial researcher where I just need to know, I need to know so much about everything. Gemini moon. I'm a Gemini moon rising. <laughs> Who is that? Yon, yon, yonder mountain? Skies. Um, right. So I always need to look stuff up and uh, who's that voice actor and where is this, where is this filmed? Things like that. So I've obviously been doing, I've doing counter research with Sarah. She doesn't know I'm doing, I'm just like looking up ayahuasca and reading. Oh, then why do you know so little about it? Whoa. (laughs) Okay. Where are you sleeping tonight? On the couch? Um, Again? (laughs) Sarah couldn't sleep the other night, so she went and slept on the couch. Um, (laughs) It's a thing she does. Well, hold on. It's in your human design that says you should. I'm supposed to sleep alone for a couple nights a week. Yeah, two nights every week. Yeah. Which I am not a fan of. And you don't do it. Maybe you could try it. I should. Maybe I'd feel less depressed. Maybe I don't even need to do ayahuasca. I just need some time apart from you. Wow. (laughs) I will go fuck myself. Thank you, honey. Love you. I love you too. (laughs) So I'm a serial researcher and I've been reading about people's trips. And one guy was saying how you're really supposed to relax and everything before you go. And he was like, I didn't have time. I'm I'm a a businessman. (laughs) But he said he snuck in a massage. So Sarah and I have been planning to get massages. We have a gift card. <laughs> so we're like, we have to use this at some point. Yeah. So let's, we're like, let's do it two days before you leave. Um, we actually got the gift card last, last Christmas, mm. and it's been one whole year. And we're yes. finally using it. Stoked. Are, are you excited? I'm excited. For the massage? Yeah. 
See, with me, the massage I think of as like a, um, like a, what even what am I thinking? Like a preventative health service. Like, like I know massages are good for you, like so I'm shot. like, so I'm like, I'm doing this. It's good for me. But I'm I don't really like massages. You're gonna like it. I'll love it. I I booked a hot stone massage for Sarah, the woman who is always cold. She's gonna have <laughs> hot rocks on her body. Love and that. she's gonna oh yeah. <laughs> she's gonna love. Well, before you were talking about getting a package and I wanted to say, I'll get you a package. <laughs> I couldn't sneak it in there though. <laughs> All right, is there anything else you want to talk about? Ayahuasca wise? I don't know. Or is next time we talk going to be post ayahuasca? Maybe. I don't even know. I'm I'm trying not to think too far ahead. Yeah. Because I have no idea who I'll be afterwards. Yeah. Mm. Well, I guess we'll find out. Right. So we'll wrap it up for this week then. Cool. Cool. Bye. No, just kidding. I have to give you a spiel at the <laughs> oh, end of every God. episode, like I always do. Please. I'm gonna go pee. You uh, keep talking. You want to do that? No. Okay. Good. I didn't want you to. <laughs> All right. You just hear a, t- a light tinkling in the in the background. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I, I, how else do you make a pee sound? You don't. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So administrative updates. I have a new single that just came out. My second single as a solo artist. It's called We'll Never Have to Say Goodbye. It's about my relationship with Sarah. Go check it out on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, everywhere you get your stuff. Uh, me and Sarah's project, Cute Threat, our musical project, uh, we have a few Christmas songs up still. Christmas. Tis the season. So look up Cute Threat where you get your music. Follow us on Instagram at Cute Threat. Sarah is at the Sarah Sullivan. I am at the Eric Ames. Uh, email us in at whatislifedudeshow at gmail.com. Give us all your thoughts, your questions. Um, yeah. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes if you can. It's great for us. Support the podcast on Anchor if you can. You can do a monthly donation of your choice if you feel so inclined. We want to think of some incentive to do for people who do donate. We're thinking like a monthly... Well, the idea I had yesterday was like a monthly live stream where we just sit down in front of the camera and live stream for like an hour and do something... I don't know. Do something funny or fun. Play a game. Literally, it could be anything. Um, And viewers, only people who have donated uh, can check it out something, maybe something we'll like see. that it's we'll just see. it's just an idea uh and that's it we'll talk to you guys next week after yep. sarah has returned returned and merry christmas oh because christmas is in christmas. is in two days happy christmas happy christmas harry happy christmas ron harry potter no yeah yeah that's you got what it. I'm saying it oh all right <laughs> <laughs> all right Bye.